the topic before me today on this special service is Christian service. Christian service. So we will be sharing on that topic, the Christian service. John chapter 20. John chapter 20 from verse 19 to 24. John chapter 20 from verse 19 to 24. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear, for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Verse 21. <clears throat> then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever uh, sin ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sin ye refrain, retain, they are retained. Verse 24 and the last verse. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didemus, was not with them when Jesus came. I want to start by saying this morning that Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship with a person. For the first 22, 23 years of my life, I was a religious man, praying five times a day, thinking that one day I'm going to become the leader, the prayer leader of that little worship center where I was praying in Jeshatedu. I came from a Muslim family. And somebody said that every good Muslim is a Christian. Because when you begin to desire to have an encounter with God, you become a child of God. And so this morning, I want us to understand that Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. And we've got to have this divine encounter with the master. But before we talk about Christian service, who is a Christian? A Christian is a child of God. A Christian is that person who has made up his mind to walk with the master, with our Lord Jesus Christ. A Christian is a follower of Jesus. A Christian is someone whose behavior and ways of life is like Jesus. So everything about you is Christ. We have had people say, 
Jesus is one of the prophets. But I want you to know today that Jesus is not a prophet. He's the savior of humanity. Out of Apostle chapter 4, verse 12. For there is neither no other name given among men by which man may be saved except by the name of Jesus. So Jesus is the savior of humanity. Jesus is the one that came from heaven and died on the cross to take away our sin. The problem of man is not poverty. The po problem of man is not wealth. The problem of man is not, really, is not marriage. The problem of man is sin. And so Jesus came to take away that problem. He nailed it on the cross. And so as a child of God, after you became a Christian, the next thing is your service unto the kingdom. And so what is service? Service is to do, to render unto another person what that person cannot do for himself. Is to stand in the gap for somebody else. Is to be there for somebody. So, as a child of God, Jesus expects us, after we give our lives to him, he expects us to render service unto him. Service is the heart of helping or doing the work for somebody. So Jesus said in that Bible passage we just read, the Bible said after he died, the disciples were afraid. And so they locked up themselves in a room. And Jesus appeared unto them. <laughs> he appeared unto them in their midst. <laughs> they were afraid of the Jews. Because if they could kill your master, who are you? And you remember, even because of the trauma of the arrestation of Jesus, Peter was watching from afar. So they saw the way he was nailed and was hung on the cross. But they could not get near. And of course, on the third day, he resurrected. And he came in their midst. Right there where they were afraid. I think it was Pastor that says to us, God has not given us the spirit of fear. So the reason he did not give us the spirit of fear is because he will be there for us in that situation. So he came in and said, Peace be unto you. I lift up my right to, up to heaven this morning and I declare every area of torment, every area of fear, I declare this day, Peace be unto you. Uh, you didn't say it louder. I said, peace be unto you. In the name of Jesus. And Jesus said to them, peace be unto you. And in verse 20, the Bible says, and he showed them his hand and his side. They were the disciples glad. They were happy. I pray for somebody. Something that will make you glad will happen to you this week. I don't like that. Amen. I said it will happen to you this week. Amen. I said it will happen to you this week. Amen. The testimony you will hear are miracles that will come your way. That will make you glad that the Lord will do it in your life in the name of Jesus. 
If you say the louder amen, it will happen in your life. Amen. The Bible said they were glad when they saw him. Their fear disappeared. Their fear disappeared. They were very happy when they saw him. And so, he said now, again in verse 21, he said unto them, peace be unto you. In case you didn't get it the first time, upon the testimony of two or three, the truth is established. So he declared, get it unto them. Peace be unto you. Because I'm going to send you on a mission. And you cannot be troubled doing this mission. You cannot be tormented doing this mission. You cannot be afraid doing this mission. You are going to be rendering service unto me. You are going to serve me. You are going to do evangelism. You are going to pray for the seeker. Everything you saw me doing, you are going to do it. So you need the peace of mind. You need peace to be able to do it. So he said unto them, peace be unto you. And he now gave them the commandment. As my father has sent me, the same way my father sent me, so do I send you. The same way. So sirs, mas, we have a mandate before the Lord to serve the Lord. We have a mandate before the Lord to render service unto him. We have a mandate before the Lord not just to come and sit down in the church like daddy just said and play church. No. We have a mandate to be a light to our generation. Now I believe Thank God for the pastor that is about to do his birthday in the compound and bring people. But I believe even before then, every one of us, we have families. We have friends. By his grace, I happen to be the first person to get converted in my family. Today, all my siblings, most of them, except for two or three. And I, of course, I came from my extended family. Polygamous home. So you can know we have branches here, we have branches there. All of them have come born again. Except for the few of them. Still pray for my mom also. Before my dad passed on a few years ago, he gave his life. Listen, we are expected to be the light in our generation. He said, as my father has sent me, so do I. Uh, we need to also understand something. That in this sending, um, he did not expect you to do more than the grace he has given to you. The Bible said that man was traveling and he gave them talent. He gave unto one five. He gave unto one two. He gave another one one. According to their several abilities. So whatsoever God is asking you to do for him in the kingdom, he is asking you to do it according to your ability. He will not give you a task that will overwhelm you. He will not give you something to do that will discourage you. He will strengthen you. Grace will go with you. I feel like praying for somebody because somebody is going to receive the anointing and the grace to become a missionary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, we are, we are coming there. <laughs> <laughs> because he said in, in Mark chapter 16 from verse 15 he said go into the world and preach the good news he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved he that believeth not shall be condemned 
and these signs shall follow them that believe. Now, he gave us everything we need to make impact in our generation. When I gave my life to the Lord several years ago, 1992, precisely, 1993, the Lord asked me to leave for the Ivory Coast. I didn't know why. So I told, um, I was born again in one CAC church in Jishasedu. So I told my youth leader then, I said, the Lord asked me to go to the Ivory Coast. I thought I was going for greener pasture. But that man prayed for me. That young man prayed for me. Because he knew me when, he, when I went to the church for the first time, of course, you know, first time as they present themselves. And so he came to visit me. And he saw chaplets all over in my room. So on that day, he asked me, are you a Muslim? I said, yes. He said, no, somebody, I told him, just, someone just invite me to your church. I don't think I will come in again. So he looked at me and said, Brother Sule, <coughs> I want to give you a challenge. If you can serve the Lord for three months, three months, leave this chaplet. Stop going to the mosque. For three months, if Jesus does not change your life, go back to it. And I don't like people to challenge me. So, I decided to leave the chaplet. And I was hiding myself to go to the church. And in three months, the Lord delivered me and changed my story. Today, I have not regretted it. 30 years ago. And so, six months later, when I told him I was traveling to the because he prayed for me. He said, brother, call her. Um, as you go, you are going to meet with the Lord. I looked at him. I was not, I'm not going to look for God there. I'm going to look for money. But sir, that prayer worked. I thought I was going for money. I didn't know I was going to meet the Lord. It was God's divine direction for me to go there to avoid persecution from home. And so, many years later, I came, after I got married, I came with my wife to Nigeria on a visit. That was the first visit with my wife. And after some time, I went to see my mom. And I had a niece then, probably about seven, eight years old, that was staying with my grandma, uh, mom. And she was very sick by the time we got there. Very sick. She has been sick for two weeks. They've taken her to the hospital, did a lot of things. And uh, before we say Jack Robinson, the guy, the guy passed on right in our presence, in the hour of death. And I said, no, I can't be here and this girl will die. I carry something. My parents did not believe that I'm a pastor. My mother refused to change to Adbiak Olajide, I mean Sulaiman Kolawole Olajide. My mom refused to call me Kolawole Olajide. He called me Sulaiman. You are Sulaiman now. But when I came that day, and the girl was lying down, 
everything gone about that. The old neighbors are around to say, hey, this girl will not die. And myself and my wife lay hands on her. He said, These signs shall follow them that believe. And we began to pray. 30 minutes later, that get jumped off back to life. Today, she's serving in Himo State. Are you service? I have seen God perform miracles. I've seen God do wonders. If only we can be serious with Him. If only we can get committed to Him. At least by His grace, in my little experience with the Lord, I've seen the dead raised three times in my ministry. Now listen to me. We carry power. We are not ordinary. Don't let anybody tell you you are ordinary. You are not ordinary. You carry the anointing. You carry grace. And so until we begin to exercise that grace that he has given to us, we will not know we carry it. I remember when I was growing up as a child of God in the Ivory Coast, my pastor said, you can pray for the sick and they will be healed. You can do this. I, I don't believe it. One day, a small girl was sick in my area in Abidjan. That was the day I knew I carried power. The mother wanted to carry her to Joseph. I said, no. Bring this small girl. And I carried her. Lay my hands on her. Pooh! In 10 minutes, she was healed and started playing around. I said, Jesus. So I carried this power. You wouldn't know you carry power except you look for the sick. You wouldn't know you carry power except you begin to evangelize. You don't know what to carry except you begin to exercise it. I want to encourage us today. God has sent us into the world to be a light to this generation. Nigeria is in a fixed time. And it is only Christians, you and I, that can fix it. <coughs> we need to stand in the gap for this nation. We need to pray for this nation. We need to intercede for this nation. We need to seek the face of the Lord for this nation. People are dying. It is, you, you know, all these things we are experiencing in Nigeria now, it is because Christians, the church has refused to do what we have to do. If the Christian have this, go ye, obey the word of the Lord, and go ye into the world, and we have been in Cardinal, we have been in Bonu, we are in Sokoto, we have established righteousness there, nobody will become Boko Haram. But we are enjoying our wealth in Lagos and Abuja, living in mansions, enjoying wealth, flying aircraft, moving here and there, enjoying our Christianity without the souls. Today, we are in a fix in this nation. The Lord will revive Nigeria. Uh, if you say amen, the Lord will revive Nigeria. Amen. So how do I become a Christian that will serve the Lord? What do I need? Number one, I've got to be born again. I need to be born again. I need to be a child of God. It is not about coming to church, marking register, being counted among the numbers. It is being born again. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born again, he cannot serve the Lord. We've got to be born again. Number two things we need to do is that we need to know 
that we've got to build our character as a child of God. We've got to have godly character. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2 say something very profound. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech thee, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may Prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We've got to be able to present our body a holy sacrifice to the Lord. We've got to renew our mind. We are not like every other person. You are different. You are unique. And in fact, it is the precious blood of Jesus that redeems us. It is not the blood of a goat. Of a chicken that redeems, it is the blood of Jesus. So we should understand that we are precious before the Lord. We are unique, and so we should build on our character, our comportment. Many people cannot come to church today because some Christians have bad character. They can insult anybody. They can disrespect anybody. And so you can't disrespect somebody and still invite him to the church. Uh, you can't be fornicating with somebody and still invite him or her to the church. I don't know if I'm speaking in English here now. <laughs> so it is our character, our attitude, the light we carry that it just shows to the kingdom. You don't need to dress like I do this morning for people to know you are born again. Your light will shine. I pray for somebody that as from today, your light will shine in the kingdom. Amen. Your light will shine in this generation. Amen. I say you will be a light in this generation. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. What can I do to be relevant in this kingdom? I've got to be a prayerful man. I was sharing with him with some of the pastors in Ibadan and the conference yesterday, that where I came from, I thank God for this one month I spent in Nigeria. I can, I can open my eyes widely and walk on the street. Where we came from is not like Nigeria where people face a little bit decent. In the Ivory Coast, you've got to make a covenant with your eyes. <laughs> because on the street, Guys are nearly half naked. Even in the church. And so, if you are not a prayerful man, if you don't know what to want, you will fall down like a pack of, pack of cards. The temptation with the French-speaking nations is very high. The, today, I can walk on the street and open my eyes. In Nigeria, but by tomorrow I know I've got to make another covenant. 
I'm going to continue with the covenant. Because the, sex is not something extraordinary. I was telling them somebody that from it's difficult to see a girl of 18 in the Ivory Coast, maybe 80% that don't have a child yet. Difficult. Maybe 80 or 90% at 18 that doesn't have a child. Before 18, in fact, before 13. And of course, those are the ladies that get, get easily married. Because the guy will say, Ogbong Pai So they get husband easily. After they have. And of course, in Nigeria, when you have a child, it is the grace of God for you. If you have a child before wedlock, it is the grace of God for you <laughs> to, to get a husband. But then, when you have one, grace does, you don't need grace to get a husband. <laughs> And you know, this is the kind of environment we find ourselves. And so, if you cannot pray, you become a prey. We've got to be, I didn't say Nigeria does not have their own temptation to But you know, we've got to know that as a child of God. One of the weapons that the Lord gave to us is prayer. The weapon of prayer. He said, I give unto you power to tremble upon serpent and scorpion, upon every works of the enemy, and nothing by enemies shall hurt you. We, we have that power, beloved. But many of us have refused to activate it because we have refused to pray. Um, another thing we need to be able to serve the Lord faithfully or to be relevant in this kingdom is to serve the Lord faithfully. Jesus said many are called, few are chosen because we have refused to serve faithfully. We've got to know that God wants, Jesus expects us, he expects us to serve him faithfully, to be committed faithfully. Um, uh, uh, I'm not saying this because of you, I'm saying because of your neighbor. You know, I've been here for some time, I've been coming to the church, even in the evening service. I found it busy. We are not as much as this in the evening service. Because of our job or because of one thing or the other. We've got to make time for God first. We've got to put him first in our agenda. Christianity is a life of sacrifice. Look, it is easy for somebody to leave his home and travel far and serve the Lord as a missionary. Listen, we've got to be more committed. The Bible said, when Jesus came that day, Thomas was not there. And Thomas missed that opportunity to receive that grace, to receive that word, peace be unto you. You don't know what you miss when you don't come to church. Listen to me. Job was a mighty man. He was a rich man. He was a wealthy man. But he refused to teach his children the way of the Lord. Anytime they sin against God, we just make sacrifice. And Pastor Elu learning the man. And my children just committed sin. And so just bring offering for them. And just say, they just make sacrifice for the children. Just make sin offering, uh, transgression offering. You know, those many offering in the Old Testament. Just make sin offering for the children. But that did not stop the devil from destroying his children. 
Because he was not in church on that day when the enemy came to accuse him before God. The accuser of the brethren is sitting on the is sitting on his mission. And so it is when we come together, when we come together, he said, one shall chase a thousand, two shall chase ten thousand, and three shall chase hundred thousand. But when we come together, we have more strength. Come on, brethren. Make, let us make our purities right. Be in church because we don't know the day of your visitation. Remember the story of that woman that was bowed for 18 years and could not strengthen up. She was bowed like this for 18 years. And she was in church. She had problems, but she was in church. Uh, she could not take her bath very well, but she was in church. She could not send her children to school, but she was in church. And the day Jesus came to the church, Jesus met her at the church. And that day was the day of our deliverance. You don't know the day of your visitation. Never miss church. Except it is, it is difficult for you. Never. By his grace today, I have missed, missed church on Sunday service three times since I gave my life to the Lord. Just three times. And these are the three times I was operated upon. And I was on the street of the appendages. These are the three Sundays I missed service. Under no reason under heaven will I miss service. It is not possible. It is not just possible. Because every good Muslim is a good Christian. <laughs> every good Muslim is a Christian. Some of us that are born into this thing, we don't know what we, what we have. Some of us that migrated, we know what we have. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> if you are really going to serve the Lord, we've got to live a holy life. We've got to live a righteous life. Righteousness exalts a nation. And sin is in reproach to many people. Another thing we need to really serve the Lord is the Holy Spirit. We've got to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for my young son here. Daddy said he prayed for you. And so you catch fire. We cannot do this work without the fire. We cannot, you cannot do this work without the fire. You've got to know how to pray. Listen to me. This prayer we used to pray those days. Our Father who was in heaven, I love thy name. Those prayers will not work again. It is outdated. You've got to know, you've got to pray intent to the spiritual realm. When you pray. And so we cannot do this through the um, Holy Spirit. The disciple did not move after Jesus went to heaven until they received that power. Out of Apostle chapter 2, from verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in one place. And all of a sudden, like a mighty wind, rushing wind, Power come upon them, came upon them, and they began to blow in tongues. 
Somebody there, Kayaboko, Sikrebe. This other one, Kayambaka. The other one there, Kayamboko. And the place was charged. And the people thought they were drunk. That is what we are talking about. They did not move until they received the power. No wonder Peter preached the first message and 3,000 gave it their lives. Because of the power. We need the power. We are play, playing church too much. So let me share this before we continue. Why is there no laborers to do? Why is there no laborers to do the work of God? <laughs> Where, why is the church having difficulties getting evangelists, getting people to sing for us? Why is there no laborers? Number one reason is our absence from church. Because we have refused to come to church to receive impartation. And so, until you receive that impartation, you cannot go. You cannot be sane. You cannot be relevant in the kingdom of God if you don't come to his presence. That is the one number one reason. Number two reason is our pursuit of wealth. Is our pursuit of wealth is another reason why we don't have people in the kingdom to serve the Lord. We are talking about Christian service this morning. Number three reason is fear. We are afraid. What will people say? Today, my mom called me pastor. Ah! Because she saw the power. She saw the grace. She came to the Ivory Coast before the COVID and saw what God is doing. So she now, no, no, no. So she now told the church one day when she was with us and said, I, I, I born him in the church. He was born in the church. And, and there was a prophecy about his life. The prophecy she never told me about. <laughs> when she now saw what God is doing, she remembered the prophecy. I pray for somebody today that your prophecy will speak. Amen. I don't like that. Amen. I say your prophecy will speak. Amen. Every prophecy you have received, every word you have received from this altar, I decree in the name of Jesus from our daddy, from the pastors here, I decree in the name of Jesus, uh, financially, spiritually, socially, maritally, your prophecy will speak. Uh. If you say amen, it will speak. Uh. Another reason why we, we don't have much liberals in the kingdom of God is because people don't love God. We want God to love us, but we have refused to reciprocate it. We have refused. We don't love God. We come to church, really. But really, the love of God is not there. Another reason why we don't have laborers in the kingdom is lack of focus. There are people that don't really don't know what they do. They're in church. They don't know whether they're supposed to be usher. They're supposed to be in the choir. They really don't know what they have to do in the church. They're not focused. In fact, when you even ask them to do some things, they believe you are belittling them. They want to be preacher. But you cannot start preaching except you start from somewhere. And so, if you are going to be relevant in the kingdom of God, 
We've got to be focused. We've got to know what God expects us to do. Finally, for this morning, we want to talk about the blessing. What are the blessings you receive as a child of God? As you serve the Lord, as you offer service unto the kingdom of God, as you contribute financially to the progress of the kingdom, what are the things you benefit? What are the things the Lord is going to do in your life? What, what, do you, what are you going to enjoy as you go out and invite your brethren, invite your neighbor, invite your auntie, your uncles, your, 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 your mom, your dad, uh, your siblings, as you bring your colleagues to the church? What are the things you are going to Because Jesus, Peter said to the Lord one day, he said, we have left everything because of you. What is going to be our reward? There is a reward in this evening. There is a reward. Jesus said, all of you that have abandoned father, mother, children, wife, husband, because of me and because of the kingdom. There is a reward for you. Not only in heaven, here on the earth. I pray for you. You will not lose your reward. Amen. I say you will not lose your reward. Amen. If you say amen, you will not lose your reward. Amen. Number one blessing that you receive as you serve the Lord is the establishment of your salvation. Your salvation is established. Mm. The Lord will perfect your path. Will direct your path. The Lord will help you. The Lord will strengthen you. <clears throat> Number two is that you will live a righteous life easily. Begin to live a righteous life. You will not cheat as a politician. You will not embezzle money. You will render service to humanity. And as you render service to humanity as a politician, they will reward you later. They will bless you later. And God will bless you later. You will not inflate the contract. a righteous life. Another blessing we receive <laughs> is that your gift, your spiritual gift will be developed. Your spiritual gift will be developed. Many years ago, I was a missionary to the first capital of Cote d'Ivoire. Um, called uh, Grand Bassam. About, uh, I think, one hour drive from Abidjan. That was the first capital. I say I was there for four years. We had a brother in the church. That brother was sick. It was when AIDS was in Ambridge. So he had AIDS. So we are having this crossover night. I think it was 1999 to year 2000, something like that. And the power, because it was a decade before us, so the prayer was so intense as we are praying. This guy came from an ethnic group 
in, in Cote d'Ivoire, in Bassam, where they had two major festivals in the year. There is the Generational Festival, and there is uh, the Abyssal Festival. The Generational Festival is a festival in that community, in that village, where uh, magical powers, occultic power, are exercised for a whole week. Now, that festival holds, I think, in April, Easter period. Now, what they call generational festival is to take children from 10 to 20, 20 to 30, 30 to 40, 40 to 50, etc. And all, all those children from that community come together. And uh, they will contest, like a contest, to know the group, the age group that have the most powerful magical power. Somebody will just be standing beside you and turn to a tree. Somebody will just, they will go on a, on a canoe and they will turn the canoe upside down and they will paddle in the canoe while their head is down in the, in the river. And so, <laughs> that is, for that one week, it's different magical power. In that community, they have sacred forest where nobody there doing so this guy came from that community. Another uh, a festival is the Abyssal Festival. In that festival, you have all things is permitted. Everything is permitted for that one week. You are free to do anything. As long as you are in that environment where the festival is going on, you are free. So is a, you can see girls and boys sleeping around, sleeping on, on the street, doing those things. You know, and this guy come from that community. So on that night, he was attacked. And right in the service, poof, he fell down and gave up the ghost. Now, as a Nigerian guy, somebody died, somebody died in your church, you are, you are dead. Died in the church, you are dead. You are a dead man. Of course, they have been looking for you. And so, you began to pray. You began to pray. Listen to me. This thing work. God will not abandon you when you are serving him. After we prayed for like one hour, that guy came back to life. He came back to life. He died two years later. But he did not die in the church. <laughs> Temptation will come our ways. Try as we come. In this Christian service, if you are really doing it, but the Lord will give you the grace. And you will overcome every attack of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> you, will, you don't know what to carry. You don't know the gift of God in your that you have except to do this work. Don't let anybody around you go to the hospital. It is let it be after you have prayed for them. And of course, probably their faith will not carry it. That's why they are going to the hospital. You see, you will lay hands on the sick. I'm not saying people should not go to the hospital. You exercise your faith first. Pray for them first. Mm -hmm. 
another blessing of Christian service is that uh, you experience the miracle. You experience the miracle of God. You see the miracle of God in your life. You see, you see the hand. You can know this is the hand of God. This is the hand of God. And people will honor you as you do the work of God and they can see the hand of God in your life. They will honor you. They will respect you. Uh, you know, there was a time when I was in the Ivory Coast and uh, there was this crisis between um, the, the Ghanaians and the Ivorians because of football. There was a match and they killed this group. They killed, they attacked them rather in Ghana and so there was a an attack against the Ghanaian community in the Ivory Coast. And of course, I newly came to the Ivory Coast. But people know me right from day one as a child of God. It was my neighbor that stood in the gap for me and said, you cannot touch this man. He's not a Ghanaian. Because any, anybody that you find out, they kill. They kill. It was serious. It was my neighbor because they saw the light. They said, before you go and touch him in his house there, come and kill us first. So those group we have come with machete, with cutlass, with stick and everything. They stopped them. God will protect you. God will keep you. God will watch over you as you serve him. God will not allow you to be wasted. I think it was Ezekiah that wanted to die. God said he will die. You tell them, go, no, look, look at my service now. You can't kill me like that. Right? And he turned his face to the wall and, and reminded the Lord his service. And God said, no, you cannot die. And God was looking, because the spirit of death was already on the way. Of course, the angel of death was already there. And so, when he reminded the Lord his service, God said, this angel must not go come back without fulfilling his word. Uh, who is that person that is useless <laughs> And God gave Ezekiah 50 more years service unto the Lord. People that serve the Lord don't die. Hester said, if I perish, I perish. But she never perished. Your commitment and your love for God we prolong your life. Don't be afraid for daddy. It's not good to go now. Because his service unto the Lord is speaking. Those missionary journeys were not in vain. People that want to die, don't die. As you get committed to this thing, to the work of God, we prolong your life. He will protect you. He will guide you. He will watch over you. <laughs> um, our Christian service increases our faith. When you see what the Lord is doing, your faith is increased. You just enjoy it. You just like, you just, you just like what God is doing. It increases your faith. 
Let me share this testimony with you and we are going to pray. I think my time is up. I'm going to pray. Um, there was this woman in, I went to preach for a, a pastor in a city called Bunguanu, about 400 kilometers away from Abidjan. And after I finished ministration, it was a three days program. After I finished ministration that Sunday, a woman came to the office and said she wanted to bless me, of course, in the presence of the pastor. And as she came with the envelope in her hand, she started crying. Pastor, what is the problem with your member? She wanted to bless me and cry. She was just crying. She said, why? And the pastor asked her to narrate her story. She lost her job about 15 years earlier in Abidjan. And so she got tired because she wrote application for like 10 years, no other job was forthcoming. The husband abandoned her, instigated the children against her, that she's a witch. So when she tried everything in Abidjan and realized that nothing was happening, so she decided to go to the village, to Bunguanu, to go and die. And she did not die because she was expecting death. The struggle was too much. The pain was too much. And God sent this pastor from Abidjan to go to that village to go and preach to her, to go and win souls there. So the pastor got to that village, saw this woman, evangelize her. Christian service. Listen, as we do it, we will deliver souls. People are dying. People are in problems. And we carry what they need. That pastor went to the village and encouraged her, pray with her, ask her to give her life to the Lord. She gave her life to the Lord. And the pastor told her, start coming to the church. So she started serving the Lord. She started coming to the church in the village there. Started coming, 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 coming. Three months after, a complaint called her and said, are you madam so, so, so? She said, yes. You wrote an application 10 years ago in this complaint. Say yes. Uh, are you still interested in the job? <laughs> she said yes. Okay, come over to Abidjan and come and get your job. So she came there. At the interview, the manager and director told her, we are sorry, we didn't know what happened. We had to give you this job 10 years ago. But we cannot explain it. We just saw your phone. And realized that you are not in the office. <laughs> and so, they begged her. Because, of course, in the Ivory Coast, they respect their laws. If she has to sue them, they will pay for the 10 years. So they told her, Madam, if you need this, if you are going to get this job, we give you 
but we will pay you for five years arrears. And our salary was supposed to be 150 or 200,000, I think. So they calculated 200,000 times 12 times 5. And they gave her the money. And they gave her, she started work on a salary of 250,000. She was working. So by that time, by the time the pastor invited me to that church, she was already in her own house. The husband came back. The husband came back. And the children said, Oh, daddy knew. It is daddy that daddy instigated us again. It's daddy that said you are a witch. We know you are not a witch. And they came back. Today. So when she looked at her life, she just cried. She just cried. So can Jesus do this for somebody? Anytime she sees anybody, she wanted to she just she didn't she didn't have many message. Her message is her testimony. And so as she shared her testimony, she just cried. So she was sharing the testimony with me and she was just crying. I want to let you know. God has given given to us what the world needs. We've got to be a blessing to this generation. Our generation will ask us tomorrow if we fail them. We need, as we, leave, as we are leaving this place this morning, go and be a light to your generation. Go and be a blessing. By this time next Sunday, let us have problem of space. I think we, begin, we need to begin to have our service outside, except probably when it rains. Because let us have problem of space. Let people draw them, bring them, put them in your cars, pay their transport, bring them to the church. You will, they will be glad for you. They will appreciate God for you. Some of them have problems. They are looking for somebody to tell them the way. That man, that your neighbor is expecting to hear that want to invite him or her to the church. And listen, we don't pursue the reward. It is the Lord that will reward us. In his own time. We don't seek the reward. We, he said, go ye. He did not tell you what he was going to do to you. Even Peter, he said, you will not lose your reward. That is what he said. But he did not tell him what is going to be the reward. It may be protection, it may be grace, it may be mercy, it may be money, it may be husband, it may be wife, it may be anything. It will not tell you what the reward is. the one that holds the keys in his hand. And when he opens the door, nobody can shut it. Let's rise to our feet.